da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. What up, man, fam, and good evening to everyone out there around the world. Kit Garrison here from beautiful Oxnard, California, joined by my co-hosts back in Dallas, Richard and Brian. Again, hey, what's up, guys? Hey, man. How's old California doing? The Nard. The Nard is great. Mm, The Nard. (laughs) The Nard dog is like, I like to call it, personally. (laughs) Uh, It's good, uh, but I miss you guys. I miss my home I miss my home movie theater. I miss all the luxury, luxury, um, luxuries. <laughs> there you uh, go. Of home, and yeah. but I, I'm, I'm staying busy it's cool. out here. Richard and I have been squatting in your apartment since you left, so it's good. Hey, We've been taking good care of it for the fine. most part. It, at least I'm paying the rent for something. You know, it's, yeah. it feels great to pay rent and then leave for a month because that right. feels awesome. So at least we're getting some use out of it. Yeah. Sorry about your security food? deposit, though. <laughs> yeah, okay. that's gone, dude. I, I lost <laughs> that. I lost that in the first six hours, anyway. So you're good. Yeah. <laughs> Who takes care of the cat when you're gone? Honest question. Honest question. My neighbor. Nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah don't have to board the cat. Cats are very easy to take care of. Just check on them. Every couple of days, make sure they have food and water, and they're they're very self sufficient animals, and that's mm-hmm. part of the reason yeah. I have one. Staying so busy, so that's what uh, that's what Lindsay and I do with Cooper when we go to Disney World. <laughs> just oh, Brian, come by a couple. Times I thought of this earlier today, and I'm Brian. Mm-hmm. I apologize, and Richard, I apologize on his behalf. Brian, <laughs> we did not give you a chance to express your excitement for Star Wars: Galaxy's Edge, the newest attraction coming to Disney parks all around the world. Yeah, um, well, I, I put out several bonus episodes right. without telling you guys about it, so it's fine. <laughs> it's, it's good. Just solo you for <laughs> yeah, several just, episodes, yeah. Right, yeah. It's just It felt like four hours per episode was too much, so I had to cut it into six or seven episodes. Here, question for you. More mm-hmm. likely to get, get you, oh, actually, everything's likely, but more likely to get you to go to <laughs> Disney World, would it be Star Wars Galaxy's Edge or... Mm-hmm. James Cameron's World of Pandora. <laughs> well, I've heard that's awesome, though. Yeah, it's pretty. Sure it's multiple it sources. Sure yeah, is. all the reviews say it's pretty great. So that's out. That's open now. So probably next time I go, I'll be able to check that out. I believe Star Wars World is not until 2019. So that's uh, you gotta wise. I was gotta in, wait um, a little while. Pixar World is next year, though. I think. Sweet, so, really. I was mm-hmm. I was in Orlando. I was at Disney. I didn't mm-hmm. report on this last week, two weeks ago, and I stayed at the uh, two things about my hotel. It was the closest hotel to the Magic Kingdom. Mm-hmm. It's right there. I could see the castle from my hotel, and I still didn't go, just despite <laughs> Brian. I sat in my hotel, refused to go to Disney because I was there for work. And number two, it's the hotel where the Beatles officially broke up. Oh, wow. trivia for you. Because nice. John was on uh, vacation with his kids, and when he signed the document that disbanded the the uh, the band that's where he was staying so so a little bit of history but yeah you know, I didn't go to Disney I stayed uh, I could probably couldn't throw a football I'm not Uncle Rico but I could probably throw it pick it up throw it again and then pick it up and throw it one more time and I was in Disney and uh, and I still didn't go just just to anger Brian Dis- yeah. Disney World has the the power to break anybody up though I mean you've been married <laughs> married for forty years you go to Disney and I don't love you anymore for some reason. I don't know why, but uh, 
I just seeing some families fight and kids screaming at Disney World. There's oh. there's almost nothing like it on this earth. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's part of it. It's part of what you pay for. Well, I want to welcome the Man Fam here again tonight uh, for this episode. We're talking Atomic Blonde, or Richard and Brian will be talking it in length. Um, I'll, I'll give a mini review here before I have other duties. But we do have movie news to talk about, and I want to say another shout out to the VIPs in the Mad mm. Movies VIP Club. Uh, the eye is filling up. And oh, it's man. limited quantity of people that can be in the eye. Uh, I think we've reached over. This carousel only has so many horses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You're going to have to sit on the bench in the carousel. <laughs> no, one wants, no, one, no one wants to sit on the bench. You don't get to go up and down. You just yeah. spin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You're the last one Ruffalo talks to. But it's been a good time over there on our Patreon, our VIP club. And we just released yesterday our super bad talk. We did mm-hmm. audio and video versions of that for people to enjoy over in the VIP. So if you want to join the VIP club, it's madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Click on our Patreon there, or it's patreon.com slash madaboutmovies. And uh, a lot of cool bonus content coming that way. But we do, and I I can tease right now, the next throwbacks that will be coming to the VIPs and to the normal Mam Fam. So we're having one throwback this month uh, in the normal feed for the Mam Fam, and that is Titanic. Yeah, Titanic episode has been mm. recorded. It's been in the can, and we're still recovering. Our friendship is uh, from it. <laughs> but, from my singing of that theme song. That's, that's actually that's actually from. what makes it. Um, yeah. And also, the VIPs will be blessed with our conversation on Mel Brooks's Spaceballs. Yes. Nice. Good stuff. So that'll be nice. uh, in the next couple weeks, and I guess yep. uh, if you're, the appropriate parties will find those appropriate episodes but Mm -hmm. uh before atomic blonde before you guys get into it uh a little bit of movie news to discuss um i can't believe we're already in a weekend after emoji movie i mean i didn't think we i thought (laughs) we're in a post emoji world the world would implode you know it's like before christ (laughs) after christ after death (laughs) after emoji movie you know, AEM. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, oh, forever. It, it got above 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, 6% now, I think. Dang. Right? Three people caved. Wow. It's impressive. And were they promptly fired from their publication of choice? <laughs> um, none of them are, uh, you know, well, well known humans. So there's oh. that. But, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, Kaplan, I feel- David Kaplan of Kaplan versus Kaplan. Fresh, fresh oh, man. Brian, can um, you do me a favor? Him um, and yeah. the guy from Welcome Back, Cotter. Back. In- <laughs> Sorry. While we're on the air here, I love to do this. Yeah, is pull up some of the Rotten Tomatoes, like just one-liners. Uh-huh. Sure. And uh, there were some incredible ones that were going around oh, Twitter. We were actually incredible. texting to, to each yes. other. Yeah. Um, just read a couple of the best ones that highlight <laughs> the glory of the Emoji Movie for somebody all of us to see. We shared it on our Facebook page. Somebody put a collection together. Let me pull that up because that was yeah that was next level stuff. But I, I mean, it's amazing. I was doing old research for this episode, and the actual headline that I saw is, I mean, I can't believe this is real. It says Dunkirk narrowly edges Emoji Movie for number one spot. It's like what world are we living in? <laughs> okay, so this guy <laughs> Colton Chambers is the one who I saw it on Facebook. I don't know if he created this or or not, but we shared his, so we'll, we'll give credit where credits due. Uh, 
The Emoji Movie is one of the most misguided films of the year. The Emoji Movie will send you into a spiral emoji of despair. That was pretty <laughs> funny. <laughs> Why are we still here? Just to suffer? Uh, oh, wow. There's a 0% rating on one. Uh, a viewer leaves the Emoji Movie a colder person, not only angry at the film for being unconscionably bad, but resentful of it for making them feel angry. I like that. Wow. <laughs> My... <laughs> My dreams are dead. Um, <laughs> That's the, my favorite one. <laughs> my soul the, is dead. <laughs> the rap called it a soul crushing Happiness disaster. Happiness no longer exists. <laughs> yeah. Soul crushing. One of the darkest, yeah, most dismaying films I have ever seen. <laughs> this, this person just put, there is nothing. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty great. <laughs> Uh yeah, the emoji movie is almost as bad as and as brutally depressing as everything else in 2017. It made us yell at strangers on the street. It is a force of insidious evil. Uh <laughs> and I kept screaming but God won't answer. It's pretty funny. <laughs> wow. Man, I almost wish we had done this one this week instead of I know, Atomic Blonde. I know. Yeah. Y'all y'all can been... audible my solo episode to emoji movie if you if you really want to. I feel like this would be a great Kent Garrison F minus 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 special. <laughs> oh, it's just hello darkness my old friend the entire yeah. episode <laughs> just silence and sound of silence playing uh in a loop wow um so but it did make money surprisingly yeah yeah it did, it did okay it's doing fine uh-huh. kids man is there has there any been anything more rushed than when <laughs> You know, Inside Out, and then emojis all became huge in one summer. You know, every kid had emoji pillows yeah. on their bed and, and stuff. I feel like that all just kind of hit us all at once. The emoji fever <laughs> mm. and uh, Inside Out came out, and everyone was like, "Hey, I got an idea. Let's just do this <laughs> with emojis." Yeah, and I'm I, still working on my, and it's I've been writer's block for quite some time, but I'm still working on my Macarena <laughs> film origin film. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I feel like I might have missed the. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? It's Ed? pretty. Think? Gr- it's pretty gritty, though. That's the problem. It's yeah. Like, no. It's really, absolutely. really intense. There's a lot of social commentary in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. So I guess it's yeah. I guess it's made a little bit of money, but I just saw that Valerian mm. is shocker. Hit it becoming a huge loss for the studio on that one. I it's could weird. Not have, yeah, I could not have predicted mm. that. The yeah, hundred guess with such likable star power too, <laughs> of Dane DeHaan and a Cara Delevingne. Cara Delevingne, yeah, she's she's the light of my eye. She's my enchantress. Um, it, apparently, most expensive indie movie ever made. A uh, hundred eighty million dollar mm-hmm. price tag for Valerian. Yeah, and, and I've heard with, that's 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 uh, not. That it's higher than that. That's, yeah, that's, and I'm uh, it's I'm probably seeing closer here, to twenty. Yeah, an eighty million dollar marketing budget too. Mm. So, mm. um, also it's gonna be tough. It hasn't opened in France yet. To be it, it's only yes. made twenty nine million overseas. I would imagine when it opens in France, it's made eighteen be, million in the U.S. As yeah, of it's good right now, it came out no, 30, 31. It's up to thirty one. Thirty one. Oh wow. That, yeah, it, it's got things a are looking up. Things yeah. are looking up. No. Um, yeah, I, I mean, that one just kind of had what written all over it. Uh, you know, trailers, marketing, star power, mm-hmm. like you said, um, subject matter and all that. It just didn't seem to be anything that piqued the, the U.S. interest. Um, 
It's opening at the end of the month in China. And um, so I guess it's got a shot overseas. But yeah, it seems to be a pretty big flop domestically for good old Luc Besson. But again, he's the Spielberg of France. You know, Lettier's the Coen brothers of the Fran- of, of France. <laughs> and uh, he's definitely and Jerry Spielberg. Lu- Jerry Lewis. I think is we the, talked uh, about that in the, the Fifth George Element Carlin. episode a little bit. But um, yeah, you're right. So we'll have to see, but um, yeah, I'm surprised it's even still in theaters in the U.S. at all. You know, mm-hmm. I'm surprised. Yeah. It's it's a bad deal too because uh, Luc Besson got a lot of because inv- it's an indie movie, and so he had to get a lot of investors to make it happen. And I've I've read a lot of like here are the list of companies that are going to go under because of this. Basically, like it's not good. Like it's not the same as to me as laughing at. I don't know, like Jupiter Ascending or something like that. Like this, <laughs> I don't know. You shouldn't invest in this movie, but also it's uh, it's gonna it's gonna cost people their jobs. It's that bad <laughs> of, a, of a deal, which is yeah. just crazy. I mean, France could still save it, but at this point, it would have to make like three hundred million dollars in France just to get back to you know being reasonable amount of money. So I I don't know, man. It's not great. I, I want to see it because it looks terrible, but I in the Jupiter Ascending <laughs> sort of way, I kind of want to see it. I, I read so, somewhere that like Lexus or something was one of the investors or something. There's like oh, no. some weird, yeah, something weird with the in- investments. But yeah, that is why it's independent is that he's just kind of called people that he knew would um, invest in it. And apparently, you know, I mentioned the article I've, I read on Luc Besson, but he was talking about he went to Cannes Film Festival or Con, or I'm not going to get insulted for however I pronounce it. Um, with Dane DeHaan, Cara Delevingne, and just like a list, like in, like a slideshow of concept art, and he said people were lining up out the door to fund the movie. So, Gosh. worked on them. It, it, I would have walked out of that presentation like, good luck with that. But that's just <laughs> me. We're not the French media, yeah. though. Apparently, mm-hmm. yet so, so far, yet yeah, We're, we'll be still working. We'll be on there it. eventually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, some more movie news. Um. Mahershala Ali attached mm, to yes. True Detective season three. Very cool. Let's do it. Let's go. I'm on board. I'm so excited for that. I'm yeah. hoping they can return to their roots, so to speak, for mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, I'll be the first to admit we had these same conversations when when they were like, "Oh, it's going to be you know Rachel McAdams and Colin Farrell and what Vince Vaughn and uh, people like that in True Detective mm-hmm. season two. But it uh, ended up being a pretty big letdown of a season. So I'm not saying that just because Mahershala is involved that it's going to be great. But it sure piques my interest. And uh, he's obviously very popular right now coming off the Oscar. But I think that'll be really cool. Brian, Richard, what are your thoughts? I'm in, man. Yeah. All things Mahershala. You're right. Buy Mahershala stock right now. Yeah. I'm prepared to be disappointed like you are, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna go in. I'm I'm gonna, I'm I'm at least gonna be a little excited. Yeah, if this one's bad, you won't trick me for season four, right? Like that's this that's the end. Anybody can make <laughs> a bad season of TV, but if you go back to back bad ones, then then we know what to expect. But yes, I, I I'm a big. I don't know if it's Mahershala or Marshala, but he's put him in every movie, every TV show. He's he's so stinking good. So I'm very excited. I am too. I uh, wonder what they're, what they're who they're going to pair because it it 
it's always with the way at least the first two seasons have gone. It's not just a one trick pony kind of a show. They really like to play off the dynamic of two strong actors. Mm -hmm. And um, so expect somebody, another person of note to be cast opposite him in that role. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you have a date on when that's going to premiere? I assume 2018, late 2018, something like that. That, That's all I've heard sometime next year. Yeah. Okay. Right on. Um, Also, Suicide Squad 2 news. (laughs) Can't believe we're talking about this, but uh, director (laughs) has dropped out of that. And it's crossed over to Dwayne Johnson's Disney's Jungle Cruise, the movie. I'm just ready for the Jungle Cruise cruise in a few years. (laughs) um, We're going to be podcasting live from it. Dwayne Dwayne Johnson did Journey to the Center of the Earth. He's doing Jumanji. He's doing Jungle Cruise. He just needs to get just relocate to the jungle. He's just going to be a jungle... (laughs) actor from now on exclusively the jungle yeah and things surrounding the jungle you know rampage planet of the apes and things like that Mm -hmm. just just come to him you know (laughs) yeah that's that's where the fast series is headed next is the jungle (laughs) as long as it's not the woods because then we're out on fast and that, <laughs> that would happen. put you through it richard gosh i didn't even think about that i'm sorry i tried to add those two things together i apologize that's okay what it's very richard what if what if fast nine is fast and furious nine <laughs> The mm-hmm. Woods Knights of the Round Table. <laughs> what will you do? <sighs> um, is Tyrese is Tyrese in it? No, he is. Yeah. Oh well, I'm getting. <laughs> he shows up at the end. Yeah. <laughs> um, hmm. I'll have to think about this. I'll get an answer to you guys in formal uh, in a uh, notarized document soon. Um, Mail it to our PO box. Appreciate it. Adding to the bit of dumpster fire that is suicide squad at this point um, gosh dude it's funny just, just think about it. the just soundtrack of suicide squad 2 no nope, it's gonna I don't be wanna. <laughs> sympathy just... for the devil welcome to the jungle the trailer is gonna be just immigrant song blasting they're gonna <laughs> yeah a new cover of they're... come together probably yeah. they're gonna work but this time leto's gonna get joker right <laughs> this time just <laughs> he was just setting the table last time. Right, right. Trust us. Yeah. I, Why would I, you not trust us? We've never burned you before in the past thousand times. I have no desire yeah. to return to this universe. Um, no. Surprised anyone no. does, but whatever. I don't get it. They lost Mel Gibson. That was a that was at least a little bit interesting. Mel Gibson directing that film. Then they lost him, and now they've lost the guy. Now they can't get the guy who did the Shallows. Like that's that's where we're at at this point. <laughs> No, yeah. I mean, The Shallows is fine, but, like, I don't know. If you brought a major motion picture, a major superhero franchise-type movie to the guy who did The Shallows, he should be like, where do I sign? And instead he was like, I think I would rather make a movie based on a ride at Disney World. So, uh, what are you going to do? I don't know. But uh, call me when that one comes out. That's the only <laughs> way I'll be following the news regarding that project. Um all right, well, you guys are going to talk Atomic Blonde, and I hope you're excited about it. Um, just mini-review from me. Charlie's is a freaking bad A. Mm-hmm. And um, I want John Wick people to make more things that aren't John Wick, but in the style of John Wick. That'll be great. Um, some really cool moments, some really cool sequences. Very well shot uh, action movie. And uh, again, Charlie's is a bad A, and I want her in more things, especially... Um, as the main 
hero character protagonist. I love her in the leading role. Um, so this makes me more excited for Atomic Blonde 2 and 3, which I'm sure they'll work out. Um, Atomic Blonde versus John Wick, which will be awesome. And <laughs> also the Furiosa movie, the Mad Max spinoff that they're going to try and do with Charlize in the lead. Makes me more excited for that, too. So um, really enjoyed myself in Atomic Blonde. And I'm excited to hear y'all's uh, conversation about it a little bit later. But I'm out for the night. I'll talk to you guys next week. And I think we're talking Dark Tower then. Mm, and um, can't wait. Stay tuned after this little swig of water uh, for Richard and Brian's talk on Atomic Blonde. Boom. All right, ma'am, fam. It is. What's your name again? Which one are you? Are you Kent or Brian? Yeah, I'm Kent. I'm Kent. Okay. It's Kent and Jason here. Um, <laughs> no, it's Richard and Brian here. Uh, with the uh, with the absence of Kent, which happens every once in a while, especially around this time of year, because uh, I don't know if you saw Brian, there was another injury um, on mm, the Cowboys' oh no. defense. Another another suspension. Yeah. and so so uh, Kent's gonna have he's out there. He's they're timing his forty right now to see if he can man if he can rush the he's, passer. He's really bulked up. Yeah, he's year. up he's to about like one forty two hundred and fifty pounds <laughs> yeah, this year. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, so. yeah, he's 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 a freight train. So um I mean he's still a little small for a defensive tackle, <laughs> but he's he's getting but he there, makes up so. for it and want to. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, he brings his lunch. He brings pail his lunch pail, pail man, business. and he's a coach on the field. Mm-hmm. Even Jason Witten is impressed. Really? With his scrappiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's really true. He plays cool. the game the right way. Uh-huh. With a lot of He's just an athlete, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Just makes the most of his god-given talent. Yeah. All right, so it's it's Brian and Richard here. We're going to talk a little Atomic Blonde. Uh and it's a movie that was probably not super on our When was the first time this was there a Super Bowl ad for this? There was some No, it wasn't Super Bowl, but it was like during a one of the big movies this mm-hmm. early this year. Like maybe maybe Fast Eight okay. or something like yeah. that where it was like, "Oh, what's this?" Yeah. Okay. It was an awesome trailer. Um, mm-hmm. and it's kind of a return, you know, with this and John Wick. And I think you can, you can trace this back to Fast and Furious as sort of the granddaddy of this kind of thing of, of like kind of self-conscious straight, but yet straightforward action films. Um, and this one walks the line a little more than most. It's, it's a little more self-serious than I think mm-hmm. John Wick yeah. or certainly Fast and the Furious, but I do think there's some wit here and some, uh, you know, purposeful indulgence and, and things like that that sort of mark, you know, whatever this genre is and kind of becoming, it's not a new genre. I mean, you have, uh, there's a lot of this in the 80s, uh, mostly involving, you know, Patrick Swayze or Sly Stallone or mm-hmm. Dolph Lundgren or something, but uh, but this is a thing. So, so Brian, do you, I mean, we obviously love Fast and Furious. We've talked about John Wick mm-hmm. 1 and 2 on the show before. Do you like, do you like this trend of just kind of, uh, you know, mid-budget, fun, but not necessarily serious action films? I do like them. I think they stem from, it's partly Fast and Furious and partly Taken, I think. I think Taken is... Very apt, yes. Very true. Kind of set the table for for a lot of these movies. Well, get it straight, dude. (laughs) Uh, Get it together. Um, Ken's not here to edit your your mistakes out this time. No, look, um, it's... I like them in theory... Maybe a little more than I do in practice, I think, or or I like the idea of them, and then I get into the movies maybe about half the time, and, and that's, you know, that's pretty good average for any genre, but about half the time, I think, man, that was a lot of fun, had a good time, would be happy to come back for more of that, and then 
another half the time it's kind of like i i don't know that seemed like a little bit of a waste of of my 2 hours or whatever to me it all depends completely upon um what the how much fun the movie is having with itself and like how seriously it takes itself and so the john wick movies are are enjoyable because they're very ridiculous and they they certainly seem to understand that and, and kind of lean and into Keanu's it taken perfect for was, that he's been yes, walking yes. that line for 30 years right right he he may or may not take it seriously i don't i don't know it's hard to he, tell with his he himself level. is that genre like his career <laughs> yeah, is that genre. sure yeah sure uh and obviously we love the fast movies taken you know the stupider it gets i think the worse that franchise yes. got and maybe that should have just been one one movie and sure. just be done with it it's the but, hangover um, of action films yeah yeah that's that's a good way to put it so like i i enjoy the the premise and the concept and the idea of just like we're just gonna have fun and do stupid stuff this one was a little bit I struggle with this one because of it felt at times like it was trying to be a serious espionage movie and that didn't really play with what the script was bringing and what the storyline was, you know what I mean? And so it's like all these, all the the side stories and the, uh, the background and all that information like wants to be a Leclerc movie or something. And then the action set pieces and stuff are just, ridiculous balls to the walls kind of insanity. And so those two things don't always, I don't think they blend that well. Um, if you don't have maybe a, a director that can really, really put it together the right way and no offense to, to David Leach at all. I just think it, it, it's a little bit convoluted. And so that was, it was hard for me to go all in on enjoying kind of the, the, the insanity and the craziness of it all. No, I think I I I think you're right. This was um you know, it's like it's one of those things where it's certainly made in in production and filming with with kind of a tongue in cheek vibe. Not tongue in cheek. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it, action's serious and things like that, but it's it's sort of pulpy, right? In a way. Sure. But it's the thing about this one is I'm not sure it was written to be. Does that make mm-hmm. sense like a hundred percent agree. That's the perfect way to put like, it. That's exactly what I think. Yeah. Whereas John Wick seems a little more like it was kind of written to be silly. Mm-hmm. Not again. I hype. You know, overuse the word silly, but because it's not like it's a pure comedy. But it's you know the premise is you know they like they kill his dog and it's a it <laughs> becomes right. Death Wish right. But mm-hmm. this was like maybe written much more serious and they took it and kind of put it through that 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 lens and made it pulpy and fun. And, and Charlize is mm-hmm. fabulous in this. And it's, it's a role that we all like, love her in. You know, it's like, I've, I've done this rant on the show before. I love when like beautiful movie stars just let themselves be beautiful movie stars. And like, we just get to look at them and that may seem sexist, but I feel the same way about Brad Pitt and George Clooney right. too. Like I, feel free to do like your acting stuff where you put on the prosthetic nose and stuff like that. But just, Mix it up. One every four movies, just be pretty on the screen. It's just nice for all of us humans to see movie stars, right? And right. Charlize is like in that like category of like just incredible looking specimen of human. And uh, I, I get annoyed when you know when Brad Pitt grows like a, a goofy beard and long hair in like seven straight movies. It's like, can you just can you just be handsome? Let's kind right. of just show yeah. up, eat something in every scene, <laughs> yeah. and let us look at you exactly. So. And so it was a long time of Charlize kind of, even in Fast and Furious, she had like weird dreads and stuff, even though she, obviously she's never not 
gorgeous. But um, well, well, that's true. But well, speak for yourself. I have a little thing for. <laughs> but uh, but this was just like letting her just ooze charisma and sex appeal and all those yeah. things, and that's mm-hmm. fun when you have that. It's really awkward when you don't. If you have your star, yeah. that's like. Like, if it's Ashton Kutcher doing that, then it's like, yeah, he's kind of good looking, but this is just uncomfortable for all of us. But if it's mm-hmm. Charlize Theron and they can pull it off, it's, it's, yeah. uh, it's great. So this movie, sir. I think you're, I think you're spot on there. I want to interject. I think I, I have no proof that this is what happened and it may be 100% off base, but it does seem like a kind of movie that was written to be a serious spy movie and was retrofitted post John Wick success. That's, that's kind of what I felt like in the movie. Again, I have no clue if that's what happened or not. I just, that's, that was the vibe that I got from the movie. I agree, but obviously you haven't been watching, you hedged way too much. You haven't been watching those Fox sport ones tapes. I've been sending you away. You have to just say, (laughs) this is what happened and this is why it happened. And I know everything. Okay. So start over. Let's pivot to video real fast. And uh... also, women aren't interesting at oh, at, okay. at me. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I hate that kind of purposeful controversy. So stuff. absurd. Yeah. Um, but this is uh, yeah. So this is a the other thing that's weird about this movie is uh, in terms of scale, it hasn't done. I know Kent mentioned earlier he wants to see Atomic Blonde two and three and four. You know, I that'd be cool too. I think these are fun. I'd be down to live in this universe every couple of years for two hours, but it hasn't really done that well. Um, financially, mm-hmm. it's made like twenty six million on a thirty million budget. Plus, it had quite a bit of ad pull. So, mm-hmm. I, I get we talked about this uh, with something else recently, and you'll you'll know because of your encyclopedia brain. But uh, some this is not you know if you're going to do an action movie and release it in July, it needs to be a hundred million dollar movie in terms of budget. Mm-hmm. This is something where it's like maybe maybe release this like Taken in January or February where there's nothing. Yeah. No real action movies out there. It's kind of like in the summer we're tired of of things exploding, so we go we go and enjoy uh, something a little quieter. Um, mm-hmm. Where at the big sick, the big sick, like or or mm-hmm. the way way back a few years ago or something like that. Whereas mm-hmm. in January, I'm kind of tired of you know Merchant of Ivory films and like right. things like that, and I kind of want to just see stuff blow up. And I'll be like, hey, the the gray is playing. I'm in. Let's go. Mm-hmm. You know, um, sure. And this might have done better as more of a counter programming film, just because it's you know it's a thirty million dollar budget and totally agree. Uh, it yeah. just kind of is lost. It seems small in July, mm-hmm. whereas in Ju- mm-hmm. Ju- January it would seem pretty like cool. Uh, so it's kind of a kind of a miss there in terms of a marketing pull. But it's not mm-hmm. it's not a bad movie. It's it's a hard movie to really critically. We've had this. These are hard ones to do because um, most things that are weird about it. Could you could say they're on purpose? Nothing is mm-hmm. abysmal about it. Nothing is great about it. I think John. I mean, people love John Wick, and and I like John Wick, but it's a hard movie to critique because it's like it's. I enjoyed myself in the two hours, but I probably won't think about it much until the next one. Um, and this was like this too was very very uh, enjoyable for the time we were in the in the in the theater. But uh, what does it really mean? What does it really say? It's kind of a throwaway in a lot of ways. What about you, Brian? What do you think? Do you think this? I hope there's more like cool female led. If this, I, I wish uh-huh. this had done better because more female led action films would be cool. But uh, right. it, you know, it hasn't done too well financially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're spot on with the release date. If February or March, I mean, uh, or you know, September or something like that, even would have been a nice spot, a nice landing spot where it's not competing with Dunkirk and Spider Man and all that sort of stuff, and maybe would have done a little bit better. And it. 
it doesn't feel like a summer movie. Yeah, it's it's I mean, it's actiony and uh, there's, you know, a little bit of explosiveness and stuff like that. But it's not it. You know, the the look is very gray, it kind of reminds you of of uh, of February and whatnot. And so I, I think it might have played a little better at that point. But um, yeah, you're you're right, too. That, like this kind of movie is hard to talk about because it's not. It's to, for me, at least it's not like a huge win, but it's certainly not something that I'm like, no one should see this is a bad movie. And so the in-between movies are always the hardest to like break down and talk about. I thought Charlize was fantastic and I want her in all of the movies. I love her. I think she's a treasure. Um, it's fun to see her. She's, she, you know, she's so rangy and I like that she shows her range. And this is like another between this and like. Mad Max, and she's done something else actiony. Italian job, really recently. Oh, recently. Itali- uh, I'm trying to think. I can't can't think of what else it was, but she she definitely has this uh, in her in her wheelhouse or in her her bag of tricks. But this was, I think, this took it to a whole nother oh, level yeah. on in that terms of like just being full on actiony and being the center of uh, the you know the hand to hand combat and stuff like that. And so she's fantastic. She should be in more movies. Um, and I, I liked, I didn't mind most of the surrounding cast. I thought McAvoy's on an interesting ride with me of like, I still don't really enjoy watching him or I don't get excited about him, but then he's, he's still pretty solid every time out. I don't know what this hangup is that I have with them. Obviously American treasure, John Goodman and maybe and Eddie Marsan and, and all these so kind of hangs over your head. Yeah. I really think that might be what it is. I hate Me wanted too. so much and I don't know why I can't let that go for, for him. But, um, but he, you know, he was, he was pretty solid in this. I, I don't think that the rest of the movie is up to the caliber of, of Charlize. I think that's, that's for sure. Cause she's very, very good. She, not just as an actress, but like just as a presence and stuff. She's amazing in the role. Um, I just, I I need like three less backstabbings to really be able to follow what, to be fair, the, there was some political news that broke while I was watching this movie. And then you Darvish got traded right after. So like my phone was blowing up. Are you blaming this on the mooch, bro? Dude, um, <laughs> How dare you? Um, Speaking of backstabbings. <laughs> see what I did there? It's a nice little segue. Um, so I was the only person in my theater pretty much. And it was uh, the phone was blowing up. And so I think like every time my phone went off and I either quickly turned off the screen or, or looked at it, to see what was happening or whatever. Something, another backstabbing happened on screen. And then I was a little confused and I was trying to keep up with it. So maybe it's totally on me, but I, I told you, I felt like I was watching that episode of community where, uh, where the Dean and Jeff and, uh, Allison Bree's char- character, Annie are tr- all trying to prove to each other something or like teach the other ones a lesson. And it results in this ridiculous showdown where they're all fake dying and trying to prove a point and stuff. And I felt like that's what I was watching in this movie. Like the longer it goes, the more you're just like, wait, whose team are we on? I don't, I'm confused as to who this person is anymore. And what, who is she actually working with? Who is James McAvoy? I never got a great complete feel for what McAvoy's character was doing throughout the whole i mean i know he's he's dirty and corrupt and he's um clearly 
trying to uh to backstab her and stuff but i i like the motivation of that was never quite clear at least up until his monologue and then his monologue at the end didn't really make a whole lot of sense so it's like i just got a little bit it's super convoluted i think and it didn't need to be like it's far more complicated than it has any need to be to just be the fun crazy action movie that i thought we were getting from the trailers and stuff no absolutely and yeah it got a little uh like Mission Impossible one spoofy where it's just constantly no one is as they seem, you know, kind of thing. But uh but you know, I that part I think it was done that part was the most kind of uh over, overly serious tonally thing that kind of was was odd about the film. But mm-hmm. overall, I mean it's a pretty enjoyable I don't wanna I don't wanna just go full what what did what did we like about it other than Charlize? There was I thought it was I thought it was really well shot. I really I mm-hmm. thought I mean while you, it was a little gray and kind of like David Bowie Berlin trilogy vibe. Uh <laughs> yeah. there there is a lot of there's a lot to like about it as well. Um in the in the in some of the some of the action scenes especially are, are choreographed and shot I thought uh really exceptionally. Oh yeah. Yeah, this the stairwell scene at the end towards the oh, end yeah. anyway is unbelievable and really really gritty and and uh rough. Um that kind of up the ante from what we had seen previously in the movie, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the action, the rest of the way had been, uh, you know, there's this, that pulsing background noise and the, the, uh, and the, and the, the music being played to and whatnot and a little more fun. And then that scene was just like, Whoa, this is, this is really brutal. Uh, but that was good. The, the sequence in the apartment where she's using the, the rope or the, the hose or whatever it is to, to just beat the tar out of out of all the all those guys was pretty great. So yeah, the action set pieces are awesome and uh and work really really well and they're shot well because you can I felt like at least you got uh there wasn't like an overabundance of of spinning camera and uh shaky cam and all that sort of stuff. It was it was pretty static. Yeah. while also being right in the action. Sure. I mean, it was very it was very very well shot on that front. No. Better than than any of the John Wick movies yes. either. Or the Bourne movies, movies or things like that. Yes. There's a lot more establishing yes. on that. I mean, that was what mm-hmm. it was kind of a hybrid of, I thought. Um mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where, was that kind of thing. But uh but so what do you think? I mean, is this going to be a will this be uh, a I could see this becoming a pretty big cult classic. In years to come, yeah. you think that will be its legacy? Not that it's been a total, total flop, mm-hmm. but but uh, do you think what do you think will come from? I mean, and he, he's doing Deadpool next too, right? The director, right, I believe so. Yeah. So I mean, does that make you excited more or less excited after seeing this for Deadpool? I think a little bit more because there's I man, I think the action is so good in this, and I think that can play well. Deadpool, the first Deadpool is so much just about establishing character and just trying to get away with everything that you, you can get away with and stuff. And, you know, I think if you want to up the ante, especially with cable, because cable is a very, very physical character and very physical presence. And so if you're going to have uh Deadpool fighting cable and interacting with him really in any way, you're going to have to, I think you're going to have to work hard on the choreography side of it and trying to make that look realistic in the midst of all the jokes and the running mouth and all that sort of stuff. And so, yeah, I think that, I think that plays well. I I can definitely, I can see this as a, as a small franchise, you know, the, the first John wick opened at 14 million. Um, and then it ultimately made about 80 million total worldwide. So this isn't, 
it's not way far off that pace. Like it had a better opening weekend here than John Wick did. It made 18 million. Um, and it'll, I, I gotta believe, I don't know what markets it's opened in. It's at 26 total. So it hasn't opened hardly at all in, uh, the foreign markets. I gotta believe that it'll play well overseas because of the setting and because of the, you know, the soundtrack is very, and Charlie's European international movie star too. I mean, she'll, she'll sell. Right. So I would, I would, I would be surprised if this ended up coming down less than like 75, maybe even $80 million. Well, if it does like that, that, they'll definitely do more. It should definitely, yeah, it should definitely make another. But these, look, these, these movies have a place because of their budget. If you can just, $30 million is such a small amount of money um, compared to what we're, you know, what we're used to at this point. So like, if you can, even if you don't hit a hundred million bucks total, you can still feel pretty good about um, funding another one or, or two more or, or whatever. And Charlize is good. She's so good at, at she's good at everything. She really, I mean, she's, awesome. she's unbelievable at almost everything that she's ever done. Minus that, you know, the weird stretch in the late nineties, early two thousands <laughs> when she's still trying to, you know, stake her claim to, to what right. she is and who she, who she is in the, in the industry and whatnot, but she's fantastic. And so to put her in this position, I, I would happily go back and watch another one or two of these, even though I don't, you know, I don't, I don't love this movie. It's going to play great on FX or TNT or and airplanes, you know, airplanes for sure. For sure. Yeah. No. Yeah, definitely. All right, cool. Well, let's go to grades then. Um, All things considered, you know, campiness on purpose or not uh, Mm -hmm. pluckiness, whatever. Uh, What do you, what do you grade this at? Yeah, I think I went up and down as the movie went. I was I was pretty high and I kind of leveled out in the second act was was ticking up in the third act and then I just I got like I said there's just there's maybe too too many double crosses and backstabs and and it becomes a little too uh convenient or at least a little too kitschy for like what the script was trying to to pull off and whatnot for me, but Charlize is great. I thought the soundtrack was a lot of fun and it was cool the way that they, they used it for the most part. There was, there's a few times where it ventured into the uh, sympathy for the devil kind of range, you know, where she's like, we, we really don't need 99 red balloons in this movie. Like that just seems so on the nose and it's, it, it is, it is. <laughs> so I could have done without a little bit of that, but it was, it's, you know, it uses that stuff well for the most part. And, the action sequences are great. So I, I think I would just come down at a straight B. All right. How about you? I think I'm going to go slightly higher than you. I think Charlize raises this another level. This is probably a C plus or B minus movie. And Charlize to me raises it two legs up. So I'm going to give it a B plus. Sure. I would almost like to see her swapped into the John wick role into that movie that just completely leans into being oh, yeah. ridiculous and stupid and crazy. Like I think, I think I'd probably put John Wick two at like a B plus, and if you if you swap Charlize into that for for Keanu, that that's like a top five movie of the year at this point. Like I'm just like this is so much fun, but uh, I just need a little bit of pick a pick a side. Absolutely, on this one. it does straddle a bit, and uh, if, in in a lot of ways that's fun and good. In a lot of ways, it's you're unsure. Mm-hmm. But if again, as an audience member, this is pretty much 100 percent enjoyable. As someone that as two people that have to interpret this and contextualize mm-hmm, sure. it it's difficult so it like makes us mm-hmm. not like it a li- it makes us like it a little less just because we have to think I, a little harder a like point. was that on purpose or was what mm-hmm. was that mm-hmm. a happy accident was that yeah parodying this satire or is that just bad writing you know so you're constantly thinking sure. that way and it's you end up not just getting lost in it things like that right. there's movies like this that do that but i think yeah. on the whole a very good movie 
Yeah, I, I think too. I should say we if you if you're gonna do the the more serious tone and the and the um you know this very complex storyline and stuff, then the Cold War is like one of the coolest settings totally. of all totally. time. And so, like, let's dig into that a little bit. Maybe if you're if you're gonna go that route and you're gonna try to make this more of a serious action movie, even a half serious action movie, then I think part of that could have been and maybe should have been uh, a little bit more of like what's actually happening in the world at that point. I had no clue that that's what it was gonna be. I really hadn't paid any attention to. I've seen the trailer, but that's it. You know, I haven't really paid any attention to it or looked at any reviews or anything like that. I didn't know that it was going to be set when it was set. Right. And so I was like, man, oh, that's cool. Cause I love the cold war. I'm super into the cold war and yeah. pretty normal thing. But, uh, that would have been no, maybe, too. maybe go into that a little bit more. No, I agree. It's definitely a small micro story, but uh solid B to B plus as an audience person, I'd probably say this is an a minus. If you just mm-hmm. want to like, it's 150 degrees wherever you are and you just want to go into air conditioning and be shown something good choice. I sure. would, I would recommend this to, to pretty much anyone. It's a fun, it's a fun little movie, but, uh, but anyway, so let's move on to some weekly recommends, Brian, this was fun. And also one more thing, uh, we've been mm-hmm. reading off for those of you that have joined our VIP club. We've been reading off your name. Mm-hmm. We're going to resume that next week. We had a weird week this week with Kent having to, to take off for some work stuff and, and everything. So we will resume that we haven't forgotten. We know your shout-outs mm-hmm. are important. Um, so those of you that have signed up in the last week and those of you that have signed up for those higher tiers that we haven't listed yet, uh, you will get your yeah. day in the sun, we promise. But, Brian, until then, let's hit the Weekly Recommend. Weekly Recommends. All right, Brian, let's hear your Weekly Recommend. So this last weekend, week, I guess, my wife and I finally have had some time to just chill and catch up on our... TV, we've all both been, we both work multiple jobs, so it's been a long, long few months, but uh, I've had a few things on on the old queue and the Netflix and the DVR that we've been trying to get to. We flew through a series on Netflix that I want to recommend tonight that came out, uh, I think like April maybe or May, and I finally got to it. It's called The Keepers. Are you familiar with this? I'm Richard? familiar with it, but not, not too much, so okay. elaborate. It's kind of like uh, it's a little bit like serial mixed with making of the murderer that uh, the Netflix did last year. It's a it's a true crime thing. I don't I think there's like an overabundance of true crime. I'm I'm a little bit beaten down by by true crime, but if it's a good story, uh, I'm I'm in. And this one was a really interesting one. It's about a it's about these two, starts off at least with these two women who uh, are tr- like trying to investigate the murder of a nun that worked at their school. There was a teacher at their school who was murdered in like 1969, I think. And so it's like a, almost a 50-year-old crime that still hasn't been solved. And uh, and it's them trying to piece together and get some information and all this. And so they bring in a journalist and they find some other people who went to school with them at the time. And it branches out into all kinds of stuff. And it moves pretty fast and asks a lot of questions. Not all of them are answered, so you got to know that going in. Um, it is a little bit like cereal on that front. You're not going to get uh, you know, a perfect answer to every question that, that comes up. But it is extremely engrossing and, and interesting. And uh, it is six episodes, so it's pretty – and they're all about an hour each. So it's a pretty easy watch, at least in terms of, of length. 
Um, it, but it, you know, some of it's kind of heavy, so you're gonna wanna sure <laughs> maybe take a break halfway through or something like that. But it's it's extremely engrossing, and you're gonna you know you finish one episode, and you're just like, okay, what are we, what's happening? Where do we go from here? And what happens next? And so if you're into that kind of thing, if you like making a murderer or serial or or the millions of uh, true crime podcasts out there, definitely uh, check this one out for sure. Cool. Um, we're actually going to start our own Mad About True Crime pod <laughs> where we try to figure out like like what Ken's up to on a weekly basis. <laughs> but we're excited about Something that. fishy going on with that guy. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to recommend an app um, that I've been playing around with uh, called Duolingo. It's a language learning app. It's the latest gamification of something. It's a few years old, actually, but it's, uh, I've been teaching myself Italian on this app uh, just because Saw Master of None seemed like a fun thing to do and this saw this app nice. and it was like, I'll just play around with that for a day or two. And I've been, I'm 30 days in. Wow. Uh, and this is not an ad. It's like five minutes a day, five to 10 minutes a day. I can, you can do more if you want, mm-hmm. if you're like bored and the games are kind of fun. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm currently like 48% fluent in Italian, according crazy. to this thing, which is not true. There's no way that that's accurate. Um, but I'm a lot more than I was a month ago. And mm-hmm. it's actually, I actually, and I always hated language classes, you know, foreign language classes as a kid and stuff. So, uh, this one's actually a really fun and it's a fun way to kill, uh, five or 10 minutes during your day. And, uh, I, yeah, I'm enjoying it. I don't know if I'll have any practical speaking experience mm-hmm. with this Italian that I'm learning, but it's at least something to do. Mm-hmm. So recommend Duolingo. And they have like 30 different languages on there. So if you want to learn Ukrainian or Japanese or that's crazy French or Canadian or whatever. Awesome. I speak the second most Italian on this podcast. So yeah, it's good. Yep. There you go. <laughs> Cool, man. Well, Brian, where can I find you on social media? You can find me on the Twitter at Beagle12. You can find my writing at Mad About Movies Podcast and the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter, which will be out next week. You can find us like as a show. You can find us on Twitter at Mad About Movies or on Instagram at Mad About Movies Podcast or find us on Facebook. We're on all of the social media platforms that matter thus far, and I'm sure we will continue to update that as we go. But Richard... If I'm looking for you, where can I find you, buddy? You can find me on uh, all social media, Snapchat or Twitter or Instagram at Richard Barden, R-I-C-H-A-R-D-B-A-R-D-O-N. And you can find uh, our VIP club on uh, Mm. Patreon. And we've got a ton of signups. It's going really well. Join yeah. the VIP. Like like we mentioned earlier, not only do we have bonus episodes on there of throwbacks, you get about three to four of those a month. And don't worry, if you don't want to do the VIP club, you'll still get a throwback or two a month mm-hmm. on this feed. Uh, but you also get video episodes and swag and all kinds of cool stuff from mm-hmm. us. So sign up for the VIP club. We've got a bunch of different tiers out there for you. Um, it's it's really been fun so far. And and it's another way to you can comment on things and another way to communicate with us directly. Uh, you can find Kent on on all social media at Kent Garrison or KentGarrison.com. Uh, shoot us a line at MadAboutMoviesPodcast at gmail.com or fill out the contact piece on the website. That's that's all we got there. Hey, it's been a while. We haven't mentioned this. Also, if you want to send us your top 10 favorite movies of all time, people have been doing this for a few years after our top 10 favorite uh, movies episode, uh, send it to us. Email it to us, madaboutmoviespodcast at gmail.com. We're happy uh, to read those. We like we, That's just fun for us. We think that's really cool. We get a bunch of those every week, mm-hmm. uh, but we hadn't And if they're bad, we make fun of you by ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. We call you directly at work, <laughs> and we try to get you fired. <laughs> So that's good. Anyway, Brian, until next week, what are we reviewing next week? I believe next week is The Dark Tower. Oh, goody. Fantastic. Can't wait. 
Yeah. Maybe maybe it'll be good. We'll be sure. cautiously optimistic. We do love Idris. All righty, my friend. Well, until then, I've th- this is always I don't know how to say this. Mm, um, it's tough. Hold on. <clears throat> we'll see you at the cinema. How'd I do? Good. Yeah, pretty solid. I'm gonna oh, give you a okay. B plus. Slightly better than Atomic Blonde. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. They're calling again. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, Soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron, blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. <laughs> 